Is It Transphobic? will be addressing issues of transphobia and transmisogyny. We may also address issues of racism, classism, ableism, and various other intersectional issues in this podcast. So this is a trigger warning. The panelists on Is It Transphobic? will also use strong language. So listener discretion is advised. It's me, it's me, it's your friend Ashley. Yeah, I promise that I won't start all of the podcasts like that, but I figure today is a good day to do it because uh, today we're going to be focusing specifically on my show Oddity. That's right, it's an entire episode all about my show Oddity. Ah, Ashley, you're going to devote an entire episode to your own piece? Oh, JPEG format. I didn't realize that you'd changing your accent every now and again. Uh, look, you can't just manifest yourself into my room whenever you want. I am everywhere. Always. Look, what I'm saying is that there's a lot of things I could be doing- I have access to your internet history, Ashley. So you know what I could be doing right now. Are you referring to your love of professional wrestling? Sure. Look, I was going to talk a little bit about the other shows we're featuring, but, uh, I mean, since you're here, JPEG- Thank you, Ashley. Come and enjoy with us. It would be so kind of you to come. Mongrel by Corbin Wendt. Loris by Tony Koch and Spiger. Testosterone by Kit Yan and Simone Wolf. Accidental trance anthems by Maybe Burke. My Peace, Sterile, and many others in the Transgender Theater Festival at the Brick. Thank you, JPEG Format. And don't forget to come to the Free Cabaret Show on Monday, July 17th at 8pm. Yes, of course. You ought to get started on this episode. Especially since it is about your own piece. I am melting. Do I sense a little passive aggression, JPEG? Would you prefer there to be active aggression? I would not. <laughs> Take it away, Ashley, of the past. We're doing something a little bit different, a little bit, uh, fun, because... Well, we're going to talk about the piece that I wrote, Yay. that Ariel, Woo. you're directing, yes, and am. that Kelsey, you're starring in. Yes, I am. So we're going to do this a little bit more freestyle, as opposed to the way that I've been conducting it with the other shows, because I have no idea what they were about. <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit about the process so far. How am I to work with... Ooh, terrible. Do you want the truth? <laughs> Never doing it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's that's not true. No, guys, no, no. Guys, but like, what, true. what, what drew you? Particularly, let's start with you, Ariel. Yeah. What drew you to the piece? Why did you say yes when I handed you this this script? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So Ashley messaged me and was like, "Hey, I have this play that I want to do for um, the Trans Theater Fest." I would love for you to take a look at it, see if you'd be interested in directing it. Um, so, you know, I had been familiar with your work before, Ashley, and I, and I really like your work. I like you as a writer, but of course, this is a new piece. So I didn't want to commit before reading the play to know what I was getting myself into. Um, and I started reading it, and I was just immediately drawn in by the complexity of the worlds within worlds within worlds. So the play Oddity, and hopefully you'll come see this and this will be confirmed for you, but there, there's a lot of layers of what's going on. So for a while, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything, but for a while you think something is going on and then you figure out that it's actually much more complicated than that. And then again, you figure out that it's actually much more complicated than that. So it's like a world within a world within a world and it keeps going. Um, and I was immediately pulled into that when I read the play. Um, and I was just like, this is the type of play that makes me want to read it again and again and makes me want to like really figure out what's going on and do research and ask the right questions. And I just, it just was juicy. It was just something that I wanted to sink my teeth into um, to figure out. And, you know, to be completely honest, I think some of those questions we haven't even really answered yet. Um, and, you know, I think part of my style as a director is I want, I want it to feel like a collaborative process. So I could just come in and be like, okay, this is the, you know, these are all the choices we're making. These are all the decisions. This is the answer to all these questions. But I'm much more interested in like asking the actors for their input, obviously asking Ashley for your input because you wrote it, um, figuring out, you know, I might have one idea and then in rehearsal we discover something that is actually not what I had initially anticipated and works better and is a stronger choice. Um, 
And just from the first read, I could tell that that was going to be the case with this play, that we were going to discover things as we went, that it was going to be really juicy, that we were going to, you know, be navigating together through this mysterious world. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, I think another another piece is that it's a, it would it is a challenge for me, and I knew that it would be a challenge for me because I'm used to directing like classics. I'm used to directing Shakespeare and like ancient Greek stuff, and this is not that. This is like very different from that. It's sci-fi. It's futuristic. Very very contemporary. Um, so I knew it would challenge me in that way too. So I wanted to take that challenge head on. Cool, uh, and Kelsey. Um, what are your, as the, the protagonist of this piece, uh, kind of similar question, like what, what drew you to it? Why did you say yes when we offered you the part? Well, and you don't even know this. I was, (laughs) when you, when you let me know, you were like, Hey, do you want to come audition for this? I almost said no. Really? Because really? I had seen little bits and pieces of information about it just on your Facebook where you were talking about writing it and working on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. That sounds really intense. <laughs> <laughs> right? Is that a little much? It wasn't even like, you know, I was, I was like kind of nervous about it. And then I said yes anyway because, you know, how could I really say no? But then I was sort of nervous about coming to the audition and my wife's trying to comfort me. She's like, don't worry. It's just audition. It doesn't matter. I'm like, no, I'm worried about getting it. <laughs> like, they, uh, I haven't seen the whole yes. thing and I just know yeah. this is crazy. Intense. Uh-huh. I was not wrong, mm, yeah. but I am very glad, of course, that I that I I was put myself out there and was a little brave. But you know, I've never worked um, with a playwright in the room before mm-hmm. either. Uh, so, sort of speaking to sort of Ariel's talking about the sort of creative process that we've all been doing in this amazing sort of patchwork of slowly building up, you know, the beautiful structure that you've given us. Um, and like it's there's there's a certain kind of joy to it that's different than even discovery of you know a play that you know doing Shakespeare or something like that which has its own moments but I don't know there's something about this you know especially like having you in the room it's like every rehearsal my goal is to hit the laugh line so that you'll laugh at your own joke like that's my <laughs> dream I'm like if I can do that then this is the right thing but mm. um but yeah it was just sort of like almost and I think this idea you know the sort of hesitancy that I had actually kind of I kind of bring it to the play as well because it is there's so much and you know my character goes through so much and has to really sort of dig down to an inner strength and and sort of uh, put himself out there Um, so it all kind of came together, but I, I mean, I couldn't actually say no to something like that when given the, the, the opportunity to work with these people. And I mean, I love everything you write. So even before I saw the whole script, I knew that I would love it. And of course I do. And again, it's so intense, but all I want to do is talk about your humor mm. because mm. like, I just, I absolutely love every moment of, of brevity as well as, as the really moving deep stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's awesome being in the room hearing you tell me how much you love my work. No, I do love your work. Oh, wonderful! What are what are some of the challenges you're running into as uh, as a director and as an actor in in this space? Like, what what are some of the things that you're you're tackling right now? I think my my the question. I'm always asking questions in rehearsal of the actors, of you, Ashley, of myself, and the sort of, if, if I were to narrow it down to the question that gets asked the most, it's who, know, who character-wise, knows what, when. So that's been, I mean, it's, it's a great struggle, but it's been a struggle to figure out, like, okay, do you know what's going on? Do you know who this person is? Do you know who this person is? Like, do you know why you're saying this? Are you acting this way to put on a front? Or do you really believe this? Like, there's just a lot of, like, who knows what? Who doesn't know what's going on? You know, what, what world are we in right now? Um, so, yeah, it's just a lot of questions that, that I, I'm more intellectually, like, satisfied when there's a question that we don't know the answer to but i'm also realizing that like we're gonna have to have answers (laughs) to these questions before the before the production goes up so yeah so it might just come down to like all right this is the answer that we're going with but i like living in question land too 
Yeah, I was just going to say those moments where you ask a directorial question and all the actors go, hmm, I don't know. Ooh, mm. And then we all hem and haw. And also, like, all of, like we, we work so well as a team, like all the other actors. Like, you'll ask me a question and maybe I won't know, but someone else will be like, well, don't you think? And then yeah. we'll sort of prompt each other, too, which the the interpersonal relationships are t- so intricate in this play anyway, so that we do kind of have opinions and, and right. different ideas about each other and what each other's thinking. So that's really neat too. And each character, Ashley, edit out anything that you feel is too much of a spoiler, but okay. um, each <laughs> character is very complicit in building the world that we are in, in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. So I think your point, Kelsey, it's exactly right that, you need to all be aware of what's going on and, and what part each person is playing in the creation of this universe that we're in. So since we've kind of danced around some of the issues, I'm curious how you would describe the play, like in a sentence, what is this play about? Because I know how I would describe it, because I do it constantly. Right. But I'm curious how you, as uh, some of the folks that are that have have uh, I will say adopted it, how would you describe this play? Well, it's hard to do that without giving away spoilers. Yeah. You know. Um, I can tell you how I describe it if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and uh, so I've I've developed this method that I will only write a play if it sounds like I would hook someone jumping out of a bush and screaming the description at them. Oh, I love that. I also really like the (laughs) visual of you jumping out of a bush and screaming. (laughs) Screaming. Uh huh. It's like so. I pick three things, three elements that are there that I think people are going to get hooked. Uh, and so I say, so I'll say it normal and then I'll pretend I've just jumped out of a bush. Great. Okay. So, uh, oddity is about a, uh, a trans male protagonist who is brought to the center of the earth to solve a series of murders and disembowelments. Great. Uh, and as the story goes on, you find out that some things are not what they seem and you can't trust anyone. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, the way that I describe it as if I was jumping out of a bush is... It's all about crabs in the center of the earth and some guy's there and he's got he's to gotta solve mysteries. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I would go see that. I, I would I go would, see yeah. that. I would definitely go see <laughs> that. I won't take any of those tickets from the people in Times Square, but if you had one after <laughs> yeah. that, and Bush Oh my gosh, thing, that's I what I need it. to do. Yeah. I guess That'd I just need to go to Times Square. There's no Absolutely. bushes in Times Square. You need to go somewhere well, there's, there's buildings and trash cans. Yeah, I'll jump out of a trash can. You got to see my play. It's called Oddity. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that that sums it up nicely. Yeah. It really does. And then I think it's also important to, in describing the play, to talk about the carnival theme, because that's mm. pretty big and important. There's this, mm. like, trope that gets, you know, interwoven throughout the narrative of this carnival Coney Island freak show um, fantasy, where the professor uh, remembers his childhood in which his father used to take him to the freak shows on Coney Island, and he had this, like, strange fascination with the... Uh, actions that were going on in the freak show and and was very moved and motivated by the circus acts and the freak show acts so um yeah so there's that too yeah i was uh i was really inspired and of course i can't find it now so i have to reread uh gender outlaw by kate bornstein Mm -hmm. but there was a quote she mentioned where it was talking about um being a guest on like a jerry springer type show and the idea of like the freak shows used to be about this person who commanded their narrative and you were just trotted out to be a freak and be gawked at and now with the with talk shows quote-unquote the freaks are in control of their own narrative Mm. which i realize today is very problematic but it made sense for the period in which she was writing it and it made sense to her herself especially to find a lot of strength in uh what 
you know, essentially like in taking control of her narrative. Right. And yeah, so it, it really sort of like a lot of this show for me as far as developing it, coming up with it, it was a lot of this idea of like, we're going to go into body horror. We're going to go into a lot of things that I feel like maybe aren't places that a cis writer should go for trans characters. Mm. But at the same time, why don't trans body horror pieces exist that can be interesting and hopefully not done in a, a, for lack of a better term, shitty way, but at the same time, like, kind of going into the curve on that. Like, how do we do this? And part of doing it is, if you're familiar with my other pieces, attempting and being unafraid to fail. Mm. So... Mm Right. Yeah, which I'm curious, Kelsey, as the person who is portraying this this character, um, I don't want to ask such a general question as like, how are we doing? Tell us, like, <laughs> can you affirm the fact that we are doing okay? But like, as a as a, a trans masculine person being uh, in a piece by two trans feminine? Is that a good way to describe us, Ariel? Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Like, at, from two trans feminine people that are putting on the show, uh, were there any worries? Are there still any worries? Is there anything that's kind of, like, going through your head about that process? Or, I mean, I was actually really struck because I actually just came out of, um, right before doing the audition, um, some health stuff that was, you know, related to you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, and I like, I had surgery and I was sort of recovering from that. And then I like, you know, got involved in this project and I read the script and they're getting into some of these issues of, of, um, you know, what it means to engage with body parts that are coded a certain way and, and the, the complex relationship that you might have with your body. Uh, one of the things I'm sort of in transition myself for a lot of things right now. So it it kind of is like everything that's on my mind is like in this play right now. And I, I'm always (laughs) talking to people about this sort of issue of, you know, there are plenty of stereotypes about how trans people feel about their bodies. You know, this idea that, like, you know, it's Ashley, you've said this before, like, just staring, the, the trope of staring into the mirror, like, for hours and hours, <laughs> just like, mm-hmm. I don't know, which is crazy to me, because, like, when I was at my worst, I just, like, avoided the mirrors forever. Like, why would you want to stare into a mirror? But anyway, mm-hmm. but the sort of idea of, well, they, that's not really true, this sort of almost, you know, the sort of cis idea of, of what it means to be at odds with your body in some way. But what I do find is there's sort of a complex relationship where, you know, some stuff really is internal. It's something that you feel that is, is true to you. But then there's also stuff that comes from outside. And it could be as simple as when people look at me, I know they see something that isn't what I want them to see. They identify it that way. Or, or, you know, the way that things code or the way that things, you know, the associations that you learn about it. And I feel like that's one thing that you, you really sort of tackle in, in this play, especially in the, in the sort of second half of the play where you get into this idea and the professor himself actually has to stop and think about it. And what is being put onto him? What does he understand about himself intrinsically versus what is sort of the way that he's being told he should or should not feel? Um, and and it's I I thought I thought it was very deftly handled so far. We uh we haven't got to to really dig our teeth into that scene yet, but um I it actually really spoke to me a lot when I finally got the script, and I'm I'm really looking forward to to working on on that piece as well. It'll be intense, but it'll be good. Yeah, it will, yeah, it'll be both of the things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, Did it's you... one of my favorite bits. The, the the that monologue that addresses it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's it like for you, Ashley? Having mm. you know, having uh, written everything and hearing. I'm sure as you're writing, you're hearing the voices in your head um, as you're like writing it out and you're thinking of what these characters are saying. And now you have an opportunity to be hearing it in real time, spoken by the actors that we've cast. What is that experience like for you? How How is that? Hearing your own words spoken out loud by these actors for this piece specifically. 
I mean, in, in general, I always love that experience. I think that's why I gravitate more towards plays than, say, like novels. I'm experimenting with like novels and prose, but at the same time, it's just like, yeah, it's not the same because it is something I love the collaborative effort. Right. And so hearing a voice that I'm not making up, that someone else is trying to, and, and almost like listening to them. I don't want to say stumble, but that's how it always is when you're an actor is you're reading something and you know what you think they're trying to say on paper, but it's, it's very different when it actually vomits out of your mouth. (laughs) And so like, kind of like stumbling around, uh, in the words and then like, especially the moments where they find it and they figure out exactly what I was trying to say with certain aspects and certain things. It's like, yeah, no, it's really satisfying. Uh, but for this piece, because normally my pieces are a lot more like, all right, I know the story. I know how it's going to be told. I, it might take a little uh, detour here and there. But with this one, it was more about a visceral feeling. Yeah. And it's just that much more like, okay, once I got the viscera on page, now I have to make the story make some coherent sense. Totally, yeah. And so that process has been fascinating for me, just the idea of like, all right, here is something that I feel. Now let's not just leave it at feeling, let's make let's it a it story. Something. Well, yeah. it's funny you say that because you threw in a twist ending like right before we had auditions. <laughs> and I love this twist ending, by the way. I think mm. it brilliantly ties everything together. So how's that for a little uh, teaser for yeah. all of you out there? But you were like, so this might not be what you signed up for, but I changed some things at the end. <laughs> and then I reread the ending and I was like, whoa, that changes everything, but in a great way. I think it really beautifully serves the but I think that speaks to the process you're describing of like you had the visceral feeling and then your shape the shaping comes after. So Yeah, yeah and things cool. things made sense before, but it was sort of like, oh, now it ends. Right. And right. this the way that the ending actually is now is a lot more even if it wasn't I don't know, I think that there's there's something about the writing process that is you have to go in knowing but you also have to go in knowing that you're going to change everything. Right. And right. that the story that makes sense isn't screaming to you in the beginning yeah. very often. But as you work it, that's when you start figuring out, like, that's what this is actually about. And that was very, it's never been more apparent than with this project. That yeah. That's what this is about, and I'm so glad that you said, "Yeah, this is <laughs> go ahead." Because no, really oh, I was be going to be like, "What happens if they say no?" Because yeah, <laughs> right. it's like they didn't sign up for this piece; right, right. they signed up for that piece, right. so... and it does totally change it. But I think it mm. changes it in a great way. Mm. I mean, it doesn't, you know, and it, it doesn't fu- it, it doesn't fundamentally change it, but it changes the approach to it, sort of. It changes the lens through which we're viewing the world. So. Mm. Um, have there been moments in rehearsal where you've been listening and you you like heard something that you didn't even necessarily know was there and then it came through in the rehearsal and you're like, whoa, I wrote that. Like, <laughs> has that moment happened? So far, like as far as like, whoa, I didn't even know I wrote that with this one, just because I am a lot more like, oh, my God, I need to have so much control over this narrative more than any other one. Mm. Um, that hasn't necessarily happened yet so much cool. as just like a real happiness when people say something like, I think this character like I think uh, Sam does this a lot where he's uh, Sam plays uh, another character. Uh, And he's the only uh, cis man in the cast. And he'll every now and then just go, I think my character's trying to do this. Mm. And I'll be sitting there with with my notebook, but I'll be like, yeah, he's getting it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I've had that moment with you a couple of times too, Kelsey, where it's like, because first off, like Ariel and I, we've kind of had this relationship in the room where it is very much a, like, Ariel is director, I don't want to give information that would uh, ruin what Ariel's crafting, so I will just text them. Yeah. Yeah. Texting each other's secrets in the middle of rehearsal, we're all watching these texts, and Ariel's like chuckling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Uh, I know. 
And I'll also say that we do a lot of games in rehearsal, mm-hmm. at least the beginning part of the rehearsal process. We've done a lot of games. And poor Kelsey, you have been at like the shit end of all these games because, you know, a big premise of the of the play is that the professor, which Kelsey's playing, doesn't know what's going on, doesn't know what the truth is, doesn't know who he can trust. So we're playing theater games where Kelsey doesn't know what's going on, doesn't know what the truth is, doesn't know who he can trust. And so there have been moments where I like pull all the other actors into a room and tell them some secret that Kelsey doesn't know. And then they're playing a game that like everyone knows the rules to, but Kelsey doesn't know the rules. Right. And like, so I <laughs> apologize that we've been putting you in that yeah. position, but you've been a real trooper oh, about it. No, so. But I, it's it's actually an interesting exercise for me too because I'm so bad at that kind of thing. I have this like <laughs> issue of being under pressure. I always say I could never be on a game show because the first question they'd be like, "What's your name?" and I'd be like, "I don't." I don't well, Bill. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it's probably good for my brain. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And it certainly, I mean, it's it can't follow you. It's accurate to the play. Mm. It's. True. We do these games, and I'm so frustrated, and I don't know what's happening, and I'm trying to figure it out. And then we do the rehearsal, and I'm so frustrated, and I don't know what's happening, and I'm trying to figure it out. Right, right. So, right. so it's it's good. Yeah, I've ne- I've never worked with a director who did that many games. Too, so <laughs> yeah. it's, it brings yeah. something a little a little something. Yeah, I mean the, the sort of emotional, but also like outside of what the game is specifically teaching us about the scene. There's there's that playfulness again that comes back after right. we we all sit and all the actors and and they're like feel bad afterwards they're like we're so sorry right right and we right, all kind of right. laugh and it just it brings it brings the cast together in a really mm-hmm. beautiful way mm-hmm. too and we even had played one game and Ashley came in and played and that was fun yeah too. yeah yeah <laughs> I got to be the uh, entire Batman Rogues Gallery as a musical. It was awesome. It was fun. The problem was you were too good at it. It was too easy to figure out. I know. I couldn't like, think of like, hit all the how do notes. I be? Like, how, yeah, do like, I be how do I be mysterious? How do I be subtle this? about right, this? Right, right, right. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay. Um, so, what are you most excited about with this show? Like, what is the thing that's sort of like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for you to to experience X. The immediate answer that came to mind when you asked that question is the way that all of the technical elements are going to come together. The way that once we have, you know, we're, we're, you know, getting through rehearsals and that's going well. And then once we have the set in place, there's also, there's a lot of, tech in the show. There's going to be some video uh, projections, there's going to be music, there's going to be lights, there's going to be all kinds of stuff. And right now we're sort of talking about all of these things theoretically um, as though they're there, but once it's actually all in place and once we have all of the elements, the set, the lights, the projections, the music, I think everything's just going to beautifully gel and come together. So yeah, so I'm excited for that and I'm excited to be in the room watching this show having you know i will have seen it by that point many many times but i always whenever i'm watching a show and it's the actual performance of it i sort of imagine that i'm seeing this for the first time and i try to like view it as though this is the first time i've ever seen it so i'm excited to do that too and to be like watching it and being like wow all of these people this is like this is their introduction to this world and they're just as confused as i was the first time i read it and except mm-hmm. they have the full multimedia experience of it whereas i was only seeing the words on the page so yeah I, I think for me, I'm really enjoying uh, personal exploration, but also like something that I'm eager to share with the audience is you mentioned the the circus theme, and there's throughout the play there is this sort of 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 reoccurring um, imagery and and memory about uh, the professor's experience as a child with the the Coney Island freak shows, and sort of the lens through which he viewed the world, which was this this freak show experience. And uh, there's some other stuff in the play too, but I don't want to give too much away, but it's this way that people, and I think very much so queer people, are one of the ones at the forefront of this sort of use, I don't know, being a fan, fandom for lack of a better mm. word, uh, to to sort of guide them and understand 
how they're different and find something to sort of focus on. And, and the character of the professor, I think, is multifaceted in the way that he does this. And even in the premise, there is an aspect of that that I'm really excited to share with an audience and, right. and sort of see how they engage with it and, and, and what clicks for them. Yeah. Now that's, that's specifically, that's fascinating that you bring up the idea of like a, a trans and queer folk using fandom because a lot of what motivated this was I've been in uh, steampunk performance art with my wife for years, like doing just random steampunk stuff, but I've never written a steampunk play because generally, I don't know, like, because I definitely don't want to, for lack of a better term, shit on even like, because I, I, I feel like it's very hard to do steampunk right. Mm. And... It, the contemporary Hollywood machine has shown us clearly uh, it's very hard to get it right. And so I've never had a story that I'm like, this has to be steampunk. And particularly with this one, it kind of does. Kind of does. Yeah. Like it really, really, the the steampunk aesthetic informs the piece as opposed to necessarily uh, being just a set dressing. Right. Yes. And for sure. Because that's, yeah, that's that... what I see with a lot of like steampunk Shakespeare. And great. Yeah. Add steampunk, but like have a reason. Yeah. And so, yeah. Like, and so just that idea of like even the steampunk fandom being a part of my like journey to create this. Right. Right. Is sort of in that vein that I didn't even consider. Right. So this is one of those moments you asked me about earlier, Ariel. This yeah. is the... well, there you go. <laughs> well, I've been waiting it. to bring this up in rehearsal, and I brought it up here first, so we'll come no, back to it. No, but it's so real, and it's yeah. such a real thing. And I think about that all the time, actually, about how queer and trans people project, like, the, the, the thing about fandom and project our stories onto stories that already exist in this, like, really kind of powerful reclaiming way, which we've talked about a little bit on um, this podcast before. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, it really does need to be steampunk. That that sort of like mixing of the sort of uh, intentionally anachronistic situations, uh, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm. And sort of the limitations, but also lack of limitations that mm-hmm. come with something that is past but future. Right, mm. right. If I could say that any more vaguely, I would, but you get the idea. <laughs> Come see Oddity. It's yeah, vague. It's, really, it's actually <laughs> it's, not vague. That's like the one thing that it's not. the least. We just have to be vague to talk about it because we don't want to give too much away. Yeah. But it's you very much not vague. You want to come see it you wanna, so you can yeah, figure out why we're avoiding it. telling you about For it. For the first time. Yeah. Spoilers. It all takes place in an Ethel Merman Yay! fantasy oh, no. world. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. So that's how we're going to direct this now. Great. Great, mm-hmm. we'll do it. There's yeah. no punk like steampunk. Like... <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you know that Ariana Grande does a really good Judy Garland impression? Oh my god, she does a really good a lot now. of people impressions. But I recently saw <laughs> really? Judy Garland, and it is like I was like, what am I listening to Judy Garland speak right now? We should watch it. It's good. Wow. We oh my watch gosh. It. Okay. I'm, I'm here for this. So before we go to Ariana Grande doing a <laughs> sorry guys, <laughs> we gotta go. impressions. Um, so do we have do you have any questions for me that you haven't asked yet? Um I think you've sort of answered this a little bit, but I am curious about hmm. what what was the and maybe it was maybe it was the the Kate Bornstein quote, but hmm. what was the spark, the thing that was like the the beginning of the fresh idea that eventually became oddity? Like where did this hmm. start, I guess? It's it's like the very first spark and it's been in my head for years since college is uh we and i i don't mind revealing this we talk about a parasite known as the saculina and ever since i found out about the saculina uh i've been really interested in this Mm. concept uh this this idea of a a crab parasite and parasites that uh, control your mind and so just the idea of especially it started moving into this like 
well, what is gaslighting except mm. controlling, maybe not in a physical way, but the controlling of your thoughts, controlling of your mind. And particularly for trans folk, I feel like we in general have a lot of like most of us have experience with being gaslit, mm-hmm. yep. being told that we don't have the experiences that we have, that we're, it's just a phase. Mm-hmm. It's all sorts of things like that. And so I really wanted to explore this idea of what, like how many different ways can we change a story? How many different ways can we change a narrative? Mm. And just this this crab parasite was the first thing that was really like, I got to do something with this, but I don't know what. Yeah. So, and that's Great. sort of why I started experimenting with the idea of like, what is body horror? What is at the 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 center of it? Right. So yeah. Awesome. I scared my mom a little talking about this play. She's still coming, though. She's coming. I'm so my excited. mom's coming, too. Yay. I'm so excited for how your moms think of this. Yeah. What, um, Ashley, what are you nervous about or scared of or intimidated by? Or I, I think, like, the biggest, and I don't mind sharing this, but my biggest piece of nervousness is that I am a trans woman writing a trans male protagonist and dealing with body horror because that's a body that I do not have yeah. uh, and I am a big proponent of writing the other and but at the same time I feel like if I wrote this as a novel I would not feel nearly as comfortable because specifically we went out of our way to try and find a, a trans man we went out of our way to try and make sure that Kelsey you were comfortable with it um and so for me because it is that collaborative effort i don't feel as nervous about it but at the same time there's always going to be something in the back of my mind saying am i fucking this up am i giving the wrong message and i hope that that is taken in a way that says well then this is hopefully going to be very healthy because ashley is constantly double guessing like second guessing the things that she's thinking about when it comes to this stuff to make sure that the message is clear and to make sure that uh again that's not the message that i'm putting out so yeah Yeah, that's like probably one of the biggest struggles that i have artistically too is like writing not writing from like okay so yes it's good to write your your story write your experience because that's what you have mastery over and it's problematic to try to imagine that you have an experience that you don't have and also if you only ever write your own story then you're just writing the same story over and over and over again so Mm. so there's like it's a tricky thing and i think the fact alone that you're so conscious of it means that probably we're okay you know what i mean like yeah because i think that i think that people who do this in a problematic and fucked up way don't even have the thought of like oh i wonder if this is a problem they're just like i'm just gonna plow ahead and do this and do what i think is interesting and i don't you know they don't even think about it so the fact alone that you're thinking about it to me is like Mm -hmm. it's probably okay um but that being said you know who knows? Maybe there might be people in the audience who think something is handled not in the best way, but that's how growth happens. That's how, you know, artistic lines are pushed. And I think, I don't know. Yeah. And and I think that, I don't know, I feel very safe, I guess, for a lack of a better word. Like, you know, if something were to come up, like I, I trust both of you and I trust the rest of the cast to like sort of engage with that and take care of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the big the biggest, most important thing. It's like, so you're writing from slightly a different experience than your own, and 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 somewhere somebody is not going to agree with you, even right. if or even yeah. if I was writing it or anybody was writing it. But like the idea that that the that you're there for it, that right. you're you know again, your 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 cre- <laughs> my creative word is more important than anything. Like you're right. not like that. Like, and I think that that is really where where the the beauty lies and where the where where you know you're doing it right yeah well yeah. and and i hope that people know that they can come to me if they do have criticism but at the same <laughs> time it us. is like eh, what okay, was that? let's see i'm trying it right yeah right <laughs> cool uh so anything we want to say before uh we just state the dates and then uh sign off like what do we what else do we want people to know or just actually, before we do that, let me ask, why 
is a space like the Trans Theater Fest at the Brick? Uh, why is that important? Why do we need our own spaces, so to speak? Well, I mean, for me personally, as as someone who's sort of only recently started really moving into um, their gender identity, um, I haven't acted in a long time because, I mean, because I didn't know myself and I, I ran into this problem where suddenly I was really uncomfortable doing theater. I didn't, I wasn't comfortable in parts and I didn't know why. And, and the chance after that and having basically quit the theater going, well, there's no way I can do this. Like I don't fit. It doesn't make sense. I clearly hate it to come back, refine myself, realize that I still love theater, but then also have the opportunity to come back to it playing a trans man. Like I'd be happy to go back and find male roles to play and I will, but this was such a gift to be able to sort of rediscover my love of theater in my new headspace, in my new sort of place in the world and, and have it just there waiting for me. And, and this is all kind of new for me. And I I wasn't aware of the trans theater festival either. So like now to go and see other pieces, some of which are, you know, by trans masculine people and also all, all the great other stuff that's going on. And it's, I don't even have a word for how that makes me feel like it's it's so amazing to realize that that's a possibility for me again and until very recently I would have never thought that that was yeah and I think it's just really important I mean why why is it important to have this festival specifically I think that first of all to be telling trans narratives from trans perspectives, that's just like a given that that's important because too often our stories are sort of told by cis people imagining what it might be like to be trans and because it's so cool and interesting as opposed to just like us telling our own stories. But then also when you have an entire festival of that, because there are some cases where even when you have a story that is about trans people told by trans people, it still exists within the like cis normative theater world and it's like oh that trans play like oh let's go see that trans play and like I feel like you know people view it as like this magical butterfly rainbow of like wow it's so cool it's a trans play oh my god <laughs> whereas now when we're, we're doing this show within the trans theater fest it's our world it's our you know cis people are welcome to come but they're the guests you know we it's yeah. our thing it's our world it's our show mm-hmm. um and, you know, so that's great. And then I also think that at least last year, like, the, tra- the this is the second year that I've done the Trans Theater Fest. This is the second year that it's existed. And last year, it was a huge networking opportunity. I mean, I met you, Ashley, at the Trans Theater Fest last year. I didn't several, know that. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Um, and, a few, like, several other people who I would consider close friends and who I've collaborated with artistically, I met through the Trans Theater Fest. So I'm excited to have that experience again. Um it's just, you know, it's a, it's a pretty small and specific world when you combine, like, trans with theater with New York City. All of those, where all of those three things intersect is, you know, a small-ish community. So it's nice to get a bunch of folks that fall within that intersection together so that we can meet each other, see the work that we're doing, get inspired by each other. Um, yeah. Mm. And also, just because, uh, and and the joke that I've been creating for myself on this podcast is, I am Ashley, I am a friend of the cis. But <laughs> for, for all the cis folk who are listening, who do theater, or who do movies, or do other things where you might need an actor, you might need a writer, you might yes. need a director, yes. these are the types of places to start finding us. Right, absolutely. We're and, here. Yeah. We're here. Hi. We're making ourselves visible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it just gives, and I realize that there's a lot of stuff going on, but like it gives you at least a couple of spots where right. you can say, okay, these are some of the folks that I should maybe reach out to. I'm going to I'm not going to say you need to create a database, but at the same time, like, yeah, like, all right, these people are creating this. These are some of the actors. I'll reach out to them later right. if I need something. Right. Um, but but even then, even beyond that, like for, for me at something like this, we do need our own spaces so that we have the ability to say exactly kind of like you were saying Instead of saying, this is the trans show, people will come to to Oddity and say, this is that fucked up one with right, steampunk right, and right, murder. Right, right, right. Absolutely. And, absolutely. Like, and that is exciting for... Yeah. 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 
So Oddity by Ashley Rogers will be performed at The Brick as part of the Trans Theater Festival on Thursday, July 20th at 9.20 p.m., Saturday, July 22nd at 2 p.m., and Monday, July 24th at 9 p.m. Tickets are $20, and you can get them by visiting www.bricktheater.com. We also have a Facebook event page, so if you just go into Facebook and you type Oddity, Ashley Rogers, you'll find us, um, so you can attend the event. You can find the ticket uh, things on there as well. So please come, please come. We love to see you. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be very good. Oh, there's also a really exciting trailer that um, Ashley edited together that you can also find online, um, and it's creepy and great. Is it transphobic? Was produced, edited, and coordinated by Ashley Lauren Rogers. The Is It Transphobic logo was created by Phoenix Sweeney, and you can see more of their work at tinylionroars.github.io. The original music you heard was all created by Vivian Aladrin, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianaladrin.bandcamp.com. So just do me a favor, Ariel, can you speak as loud as you think you're going to? Yeah, this is me. This is I have emotions and I have thoughts and feelings. (laughs) Cool. Kelsey? I also have emotions and thoughts and feelings, and you all should listen to them. Hooray. Surprising. Okay. (laughs) Uh...